My name is Zach at FF Chalupa Batman. Uh, this is the Triple Play Fantasy Behind the Analyst interview series. Uh, so as you guys know, we're just talking to fantasy analysts, getting to know them a little bit better. We're not really focused on the fantasy takes right now. It's okay. We don't need to talk about 2022 sleepers or anything like that. Plenty of time for that. Um, so today I'm joined by Pat Fuss-Morris. Uh, he's an editor with Fantasy Pros. Uh, he's the host of the Fits on Fantasy podcast, contributor to thefootballgirl.com, um, and one of the top rankers. I believe you were the, the number one ranker on Fantasy Pros in 2020, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, sir. And uh, I nosedived to 31 this year, so uh, licking yeah. my wounds. But <laughs> We call that regression, right? Or regression to the mean, but that's, well, that's, <laughs> that's okay. Right. <laughs> Being number one's awesome. Um, so thank you for joining us. Um, is there anything else that I, that I missed? I didn't want to. Didn't want to miss it. No, I don't think so. I'm honored, Zach. Thanks for having me. No, nah, my my pleasure. We're happy to join you. So, like I said, uh, basically we're just gonna get to know you a little bit better. Um, like I said, we we're out to focus on the fantasy takes today and hopefully have a little bit of fun. So I guess just to get started, did you play any sports growing up? Oh, man. Uh, yeah. What didn't I play when I was a kid? Uh, football, baseball, basketball, ice hockey, street hockey, uh, bowling, like golf eventually. Um, yeah, that was pretty much it. Like we were just my friends and I were always looking to get in a game. And I'm I'm kind of an oldster. So this was like back before the helicopter parent era where we would just go and play like our own pickup games and stuff. And uh you know, like playing, seeing how many people in the summer we could get for, for baseball. And if we got enough to go full field, that was great. And if we could only get like, you know, eight or 10 guys, we'd go half field and, and you know, curse at our friends who were left-handed and made us like shift uh, to the other side, the, the pole side when that changed. So, yeah, man, that was it. And, uh, you know, when we were playing sports, we were like, we were kind of back in the, the terrible video game era. So we'd, you know, be playing like Nerf hoops or uh, this old, uh, board game with cards and dice called Stratomatic that we were really into where you got to like manage teams and the players were represented by these cards. So, uh, yeah, we were, we were all about sports back in the day. So, uh, but I, I didn't play anything organized after eighth grade. I went to this, um, Catholic city high school that was kind of far from where I lived. I was kind of, uh, you know, like I, I had a single working mom and it would have been kind of hard to figure out the transportation to and from practice. We probably could have made it work out, but I was also kind of lazy at the time and, uh, you know, wasn't that excited about, um, you know, st spending all that extra time at school to do things like lift weights and, and things that might actually make me better. So, um, you know, after that, I was just in the intramural zone. Fair enough. So it sounds like you, you had a passion for sports, even if you didn't, uh, pursue it to the higher levels. Um, did that experience lead you to pursue working in fantasy sports or did you get into fantasy sports completely different way? Yeah. I mean, that was kind of it. Like I, um, I always had the interest and I wound up going to school for journalism and like at my college paper, I was actually working in the entertainment section rather than sports. Cause I thought that would be, there were, were a lot more people interested in writing sports. I'm like, this will be a quicker way for me to like get my bylines in the paper. Um, and just kind of like followed that out and was doing some like actual uh, like local journalism reporting and stuff coming out of, of college. And uh, eventually there was an editor's job at Pro Football Weekly that opened up and I, I got that. And, you know, that was only like maybe a quarter of the job was fantasy football. 
but uh, it definitely like kept me interested in, in the possibility of eventually having a career in that. And when I left after a few years, I left on good terms and they wanted me to, to do freelance work for them. So even though I left and was doing non-fantasy, non-sports work after that, like I continued to just contribute and, and dabble in fantasy, you know, all the way up until the fantasy pros gig. So, um, but yeah, it, it definitely pushed me like having that love of sports. Uh, like I was always interested in, in maybe making that a career. That's awesome. And then do you have any other passions or hobbies outside of fantasy sports? Cause I know this is a, a big passion for all of us. Um, but anything else besides that? Yeah, I'm kind of a golf geek. Um, so, you know, like when I, when I can, um, this, this fall was pretty busy with the, the new job at, at fantasy pros, but like, um, Man, like in 2020, when the that pandemic hit and the job I was working with at the time sent me home. And uh, it just so happens we're, you know, right across the street from a, a municipal golf course. So I was there pretty much every day. And uh, it was pretty much the best I've gotten at golf since like high school, uh, having time to actually play it every day. Now, that's still not very good, but uh, it's a lot better than I had been before that year of playing every day and, and, you know, finally getting to play as much and, and be the golf geek that I really wanted to be for a long time. That's awesome. I, I got to work at a country club for a summer, which was a lot of fun, but uh, it did not help my golf game. And I, I like to stick to putt putt, uh, if, <laughs> if we're being honest. Um, so I see you have the, the Callaway hat on. Do you have a, a favorite pro on tour that you, you like to read for? Or is, there, or is there a few? Yeah, I should mention, Zach, uh, Titleist is actually paying me to wear the Callaway hat, so I'm not at all associated with their brand. You know, they don't want my swing connected to uh, the title. No, <laughs> just kidding. Um, yeah, so I, I actually am kind of a tour hound and like a uh, like I'm in a lot of golf pools and stuff like that. Who do I have? Is like I'm trying to think of who would be my favorite. On t- I'm kind of a big Xander Shoffley guy. Like I'm hoping mm-hmm. he wins big. I, I just kind of like his style and uh, would like to see him become one of the very top guys he's already pretty close but i'd, I'd love to see him like start bagging majors yeah I, I don't follow golf too too much i mean my dad loves golf and i used to watch a lot with him and i think shoffley has been pretty close in the masters the last several years yeah. if I'm mistaken. um so we'll see what happens uh, this spring but um no that's awesome uh, so i know you're, you're from wisconsin correct yes awesome yes. so supporter of the green bay packers and university of wisconsin Correct. Um, okay. Yeah, I grew up in Milwaukee, Bucks, Brewers, Packers, and and I went to Madison. So yeah, I'm a Badger guy too. So one of the toughest things for all of us in, in fantasy sports, whether you're you're a content creator or just just a fan playing and having fun, does your does the Packers come first or does the fantasy team come first? If there's a conflict of of which one's going to win? Oh, I've got like you know. 15 or 16 fantasy teams, Zach. So it's, it's Packers. I've only got one NFL team and a bunch of fantasy teams. So it's gotta be, uh, you know, Packers above fantasy. Uh, that's fair. I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, so like I said, you were the number one ranker in, in 2020, uh, with fantasy pros. So, and you've been one of, I know you said you were 31 this year, but you've been one of the top rankers for several years. Um, so is it hard to kind of keep your, we'll call it fandom biases from skewing your ranks? Cause like I said, there's a lot of players from Wisconsin. There's a lot of top fantasy Green Bay players out there. So does that ever seek in at all with your ranking? No, I mean, like if anything, I think it's an 
advantage when you have like that extra local knowledge of certain guys. And I would bet that a lot of the other rankers agree that they do better with the guys on the team that they're close to, that they follow like on a, a daily basis and, and, you know, really kind of know the inner workings of like, I mean, Jonathan Taylor was, was kind of like that for me. I'd seen pretty much every college play that guy had ever, you know, every carry or reception you'd ever have in college. I'd pretty much been watching live. And and so like I, I was above consensus on him pretty much the whole way and, and uh, you know, had him in a decent number of leagues this year and have him in a few dynasty leagues. So um, yeah, generally, like, I think it's probably a good thing to, to know that, but I tend not to overvalue guys. And it seems like on my own teams, I generally do not get my fair share of Packers. Maybe it's because a lot of my home leagues are with Wisconsin guys, but um, yeah, like I I don't overrate the Packer guys. No, that makes sense. And this is kind of off the cuff, so I'm throwing you on the spot a little bit. But I guess is there a player, probably more so from Wisconsin, um, that I guess you really had high hopes for that maybe never really panned out as, as like Jonathan Taylor obviously is a success story. But is there anybody you can think of that you were excited to watch in college and they just never really made it in the pros? Oh man, a long line of Wisconsin running backs who were like that, Zach. Um, you know, going back to Ron Dane, uh, you know, Monte Ball was another one who didn't pan out. And I kind of thought Monte's style might actually translate to the NFL. No, not at all. He was he was a total bust. So um, you know, those guys I think come first to mind, like some of the guys who were like truly great Wisconsin running backs, and it wasn't really until um, you know, I don't know, Michael Bennett had a decent, if short NFL career, but it was really like Melvin Gordon who kind of got the ball rolling for the, the Wisconsin backs in the NFL, like Gordon and Taylor sort of broke the ice because Wisconsin's always had like these good running backs, but it just never translated into the NFL for these guys. No, that's fair. Uh, and then I think the fantasy sports space has been growing rapidly these last, probably I would say year or two years. Honestly, I think it's probably from COVID, uh, just from people being at home more, um, maybe not being able to work as much and maybe just trying to finally put their passion out there and, and wanting to create content. Which I think it's great. We're, I think we're seeing a lot more diversity of different kinds of content. Um, so for any of those people that maybe are thinking about maybe taking the plunge in 2022, or maybe they just got started, um, you've been in the space for a long time. Do you have any advice um, for those type of content creators or new to be? Yeah. And, um, I'll say this more as, uh, like less about me. so many more people are, are way more successful than I have and, and like have made a much bigger impact than I have. So this is not so much me saying, well, this is what I do as me saying like, uh, this is kind of what I've observed from the people who have been really successful and have had long fantasy, you know, who've had their awning, up in the space for a long time and who've, uh, you know, made a really nice go of it. I would say that, um, you know, think of it as a business. Like, how are you going to bring value to consumers? What can you do um, that's unique? And, and how can you serve the fantasy gamer? Like, maybe it's a, a niche thing, like you're the kicker guy or you're the offensive line guy. But I mean, as you know, Zach, I mean, there's so many different ways to play this game. There's DFS, there's Dynasty, there's Devi, there's Best Ball, um, there's IDP. Like there's so many different styles and so many different mediums 
to uh, come across. Their podcasts, their live streams, their articles, their uh, you know people now do TikToks. Um, so like find find your niche. How are you going to uh, like make yourself valuable to someone who is looking to consume content, whether it's information? I mean, some people just have great Twitter accounts. Like they're funny and, you know, it's, it's like marginally fantasy related. It's, it's, um, but just people who bring value to the Twitter space and, um, you know, like lots of different ways to do it. No one surefire recipe for success, but, uh, just figure out how you're going to add value. No, that makes a lot of sense. I, I think I've talked to other people before. Everyone gets kind of caught up on, I got to be great at everything or. I have to know everything. And I think, like you said, if you just kind of focus on what, what, what interests you, like, like you said, maybe it's offensive line. I don't, I know there's a few people out there that focus on the offensive line, but there's, there's not a whole lot. Um, so maybe that's where you kind of find your niche. And then maybe from there you grow and then you expand out of the, out of the offensive line. So I think it's, that's great advice. Cause I know for me, just speaking personally, I've been in this space for less than a year as a content creator. Um, I've had a lot of passion for several years for, for fantasy football but I never once thought about creating content until someone reached out to me to ask, Hey, do you want to write an article? And I was like, I've never written an, an article before and writing's not my, my strong suit in school. They're like, no, just give it a try if you want to. So I said, sure, why not? And now I've been doing this now for almost a year and having a blast. And uh, I'm so glad I finally took the plunge. That's why I kind of wanted to ask that question. I think there's a lot of people out there going into this off season of, Hey, do I want to create content? Do I not want to create content? And, to me, I think even if you don't have anybody to write for or create a video for, just start doing it and putting it out there. Um, like you mentioned, there's Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook. I mean, there's so many. I mean, it's probably going to be a new one this year. Last year was Clubhouse for a little bit. Um, there's so much space for you to put out your content, even if yeah. it's just for yourself. And, and like this show is a perfect example of something that's off the beaten path of, of just, you know, talking to fantasy guys, but not necessarily about a lot of you know, real intensive. We're not talking about rankings. We're not talking about player values. Like we're just, you know, we're just shooting the shit back and, uh, you know, get to know the, the fantasy analysts. Like it's a unique space. So like, there's so many different avenues that, you know, haven't trails that have not been blazed yet. And there's a, a lot of different ways for people to succeed. No, I appreciate that. I think a lot of people need to hear that, that even though it feels like there's a lot going on that, you can still find your space in the space. It's a very welcoming community, in my opinion. Um, so I had some some rapid fire questions for you if, you, if you're game for that. Oh, let's do it. So you can give as much explanation as you want, or you can leave it to one word. It's whatever you feel like you need to, to get your point across. Uh, so these are some, some fun questions. Uh, I put a lot of these off of highly debated things from Twitter, um, just to just have some fun, maybe, maybe get some people riled up as they watch us. Um, do you pour cereal or milk first in the bowl? Oh God, uh, the cereal first for sure. These these milk first people, man. I don't get it. Like the whole point is to like have the milk combined with the cereal. They're talking about like how it doesn't that way the cereal stays crunchier. Yeah, like I don't want dry cereal. I want my cereal coated with milk. So definitely cereal first, then milk. Fantastic. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Oh man, um, I'll say no 
So I'm like, I'm in the land of the hot dog now, Zach. I'm in the Chicago suburbs and like the Chicago dog is a big thing. I, I don't know if I've even actually eaten a Chicago dog while I've been in Chicago. And I've been here for like over 20 years now. It's just like, there's so many better things to eat in Chicago, like a hot dog. And and plus the hot dog is is pretty low on the sausage chain, if we're being honest. I mean, bratwursts are better. Italians are better. Polish sausages are better. Um yeah, I just don't even think about the hot dog that much, and I don't think it qualifies as a sandwich. Fair enough. <laughs> Should the toilet paper hang over or under the roll? Oh, man. So I'm going to be seen as a weirdo for this, but I'm an under guy, and my wife is an under gal. So uh, maybe, you know, that's why we we vibe so well together. But uh, we're, we're both weirdos that way, and uh, the toilet paper rolls always hang under in our household. That works out that you, you guys both match it. I'm almost kind of curious as to if you didn't match, is there a turf four of who, who's flipping it back and forth? But that, that's perfect that you guys match. Um, is pineapple an acceptable pizza topping? Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm very pro pineapple. And I, I kind of wasn't until I was in college. And then, uh, you know, a friend of mine very drunkenly one night said that he would pay for the pizza as long as uh, he was allowed to get it with pineapple. And, you know, I'm not so principled as a uh, broke college student that I was going to turn down free pizza if it uh, meant having pineapple on it. And he uh, he totally changed my opinion right there. It was delicious. I just think pineapple mixes well with tomato sauce. And uh, yes, so I'm like very into it. And uh, luckily, my my son is also very into it. So, you know, when we are getting pizzas of family, uh, my son and I can always like get, you know, at, at least a half with pineapple and, and some sort of meat on it. Perfect. Now, this might be the toughest one. And I think it's also an appropriate question. Seeing as I see your, your I believe that's a Scott Fishbowl 11 shirt. Yes. Um, which was musically themed as we had all the different different music artists uh, for our divisions. You are stuck on an island, but you're able to listen to music. So that's wonderful. Um, what is the one album you would choose to listen to on that island? Yeah, I thought about this one. So, um, I mean, I would not only want it to be a great uh, album and and one of my favorites, but one that had like one that was meaty, one with a lot of songs, something that's like and I'm not going to cheat and do a double album. But this is this is pushing it because this is close to a double. I would say London Calling by The Clash, which mm -hmm. to me is one of the greats of all time. Uh, just like so many different genres uh, and styles of songs are kind of packed into it it's like 19 songs and um just amazing the clash are, are you know i wouldn't say they're underrated but they are uh true pioneers of of rock and london calling was a masterpiece it's a great choice uh that's all the rapid fire questions i have for you so i appreciate it uh, hopefully you had a little fun with that um, I know I'm, I guarantee you that created a lot of controversy as people watch this, um, not because of your answers, just it didn't matter what you said. So someone's <laughs> someone someone's going to disagree with you and someone's going to agree with you. And that, that was the fun of it. Um, so I, I appreciate your time and, and letting you uh, coming on and letting me have you ask a lot of or answer a lot of questions as I ask you. Um, can you let everyone know where they can can find you and uh, all of your great work? Sure, Zach. And uh, yeah, thanks again for having me. This this was a lot of fun and I'm sure I uh, angered some people, but hey, that's the whole point of this. Um, yeah, they can find my my written work at fantasypros.com. 
And uh, my weekly podcast is the Fitz on Fantasy podcast. And on Twitter, I am at Fitz underscore FF. Awesome. Uh, you guys are either watching this on the Triple Play Fantasy YouTube channel or you're listening to it on the on our podcast channel. So whichever way you're, you're watching or listening, please subscribe. We have a lot of great content coming out this offseason. So I would hate for you guys to miss it. Um, but yeah, we, we cover all three sports between football, basketball and baseball and maybe even some more coming up this offseason. So go ahead and subscribe to the Triple Play Fantasy. And thanks again for joining me, Pat. And have a great one. Thank you, Zach.